You're listening to K-Star and the Vera Networks. to today's broadcast tap into the truth hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing with all the usual caveats of course extra wishes for that as today happens to be good friday and i hope it's been a good friday for at least most of you uh there may be a few folks out there that uh, you know falls into the same caveats as that earlier wish uh, of course i am you're ever so humble and mostly peaceful but not feeling particularly peaceful this evening host tim tap coming to you live from historic Rome county tennessee and we are live on the k-star talk network we are live on wcet fm in beautiful columbia south carolina we're live on the last frequency. We're live on the Vera Network. We are live via K-Star on TalkStream Live, Right Talk, Irish Radio, via the Vera Network on TuneIn, 
and I believe the Paranormal app as well. Yes, indeed. If you are listening live right now on Friday, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you so very much. I mentioned I'm not feeling particularly peaceful today. I'm not even sure where to start. There is so much going on, and the more I thought about everything going on, the more angry, confused I got. Angry, confused, angry, confused, because I couldn't figure out what I was the most upset about. What do I need to talk to you the most about? Not that you need to hear it, but because I need to get it off my chest. I need to express what is going on. We have this report out about the withdrawal from Afghanistan where the Biden administration throughout this report essentially says, oh, well, you know, uh, it's all Trump's fault and nobody else could have done any better anyway. <clears throat> eye twitching now uncontrollably uh, I just blood pressure shooting up and I've already doubled up on my normal dosage of blood pressure medication and so far nothing not helping at all I'm literally at that point where I feel like I need to wrap duct tape around my head so that when it finally does explode here in a little bit we'll be able to easily find all the pieces all Trump's Fought? Oh, the deal that had been negotiated tied our hands. Literally, literally, you want us to expect that you believed you had no choice but to honor a Trump agreement when literally your first order of business was to take a sledgehammer within the first few minutes of being sworn in to everything Donald Trump had done before? We're supposed to believe you felt like that was a binding – that was the one single only binding agreement. And beyond that, beyond that, and we talked about this at the time because we heard this excuse then, remember? I mean this is something I've had time to process, but to hear it now, now that time has passed, now that they're hoping that you aren't paying close enough attention, that, oh, well, you know, they will have forgotten. So now we can tell this lie, and they won't know instantly it's a lie. They're going to need somebody like me to remind the general populace, and they know that most – People that listen to and believe them aren't listening to people like me, so they're good now. They can tell the lie, and it's fine. But we addressed it. The Taliban had already broken the agreement. Donald Trump had already said, ah, well, you know, we're sorry, guys, but you're not honoring the agreement. We're not going to honor the agreement. Uh, the deal was the deal, and you've broken the deal. How about applying common sense? Oh, oh wait. Oh, no. Obviously, we can't do that. And then the rest of it, well, you know, we couldn't have done any better. Uh, but that's not even the thing I'm angriest about. That's just right off the top. We've got this ridiculous, ridiculous situation going on here in Tennessee where the Democrats all across the country now because they, they wanted to make it a national story where the Democrats are all whiny because – Two of them got booted out of our state legislature. They were part of the state house. And you see, what they did, by the definitions of the left, by the very nature of what they want us to believe constitutes, in their opinions, an insurrection. These 
three Democratic representatives, one from the Nashville area, one from the Memphis area, and one from the Knoxville area. They all got together. Two black dudes and a white chick. Two black dudes and a white chick walk into the Tennessee State House <laughs> State House floor. Sounds like the setup for a really bad joke, right? Only this really is a really bad joke because they decided that instead of performing their duties, doing the jobs for which they were elected to do, actually represent their constituents, which they still claim to have been doing at the time, they helped gin up and excite a crowd of young people that were trying to break their way into the House floor that had stormed the Capitol building, that were – some of them actually assaulted Tennessee state troopers that were there for security. Oh, yes. Yes, you see, you're not hearing much of that on the national news, are you? Not that there had been actual some violence, some assaulting of officers that did not do very much in the way of pushback, was not aggressive in defending themselves, just simply stood there and took it for the most part. Because we live in a time now where no matter what they had, had had done to them, as soon as they reacted, they would have been the aggressor and they would have been the ones on trial in two weeks or less. So they know that they they are extremely restrained and they keep most of them from actually getting onto the floor of the house. But some of the folks make it in along with these three. Two of them. Spend some time on a bullhorn. All three of them had their little goof-ass signs. Oh, no peace, uh, no justice, no peace, oh, blah, blah, blah. And all of this because they were whiny that they wanted more gun control. Oh, the mean old Republicans are actually going to respect the Constitution more than they're going to respect our whiny feelings. Really? Really? That, that's really what you felt this was necessary to do? They want the gun control because of the very bad thing that happened at the school less than a week previous. The very bad thing that was carried out by one of theirs, a lefty, a transgender, a, a young woman who thought she was a dude who thought she'd been so alienated, who felt like there was just no realistic chance that she would ever be accepted. Oh, woe is me. I have a really hard time continuing to feel any particular level of sympathy for people that fall into that category when the left keep pushing like we're supposed to ignore the fact that this woman who thought she was a dude made a cold-blooded choice to commit murder in an unarmed area of a school, specifically targeted the school because she knew there wouldn't be any armed security. And then the Republicans of the state of Tennessee, uh, proud to be here and proud they're standing up and doing the right freaking thing for a change, they decided they're going to quick – uh, they're going to expedite a bill and try to get it to Governor Lee's desk to actually get more armed security in 
all of the public schools and to create a grant so that private schools in the state can also get taxpayer dollars to elevate their school security. They moved in the direction that would be effective and smart and that any reasonable, rational person who might actually have a child in one of the schools here in Tennessee would get behind. A solution that would work in every school in every part of the country, period. But no, 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 no. You see... uh, If you are capable of protecting yourselves in school, then we, the leftists, we no longer have the excuse to disarm the American public. Look, I don't give a rat's backside how you feel about guns. But if you don't like them, fair enough. But you need to spend at least 15 minutes educating yourself on the history of what happens to a population once they have been disarmed by their government. Spoiler, it doesn't end well for the people. Now, and it would be bad enough if we were just talking about the reaction from the media, especially across the country, and then wisecracks from Corinne Jean-Pierre, who's about as intelligent as the backside of a damp matchbox. If it was the mumbling meanderings of the bumbling, stumbling, fumbling fool that currently is in a vegetative state half the time and the other half he's shuffling along looking for his pudding, the guy living in what's been turned into the most expensive senior home in the country, currently residing at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., current uh, Don of the Biden crime family. Just how dare they do that to Democrats? Where's my pudding? Even Barack Obama had to make a wise crack. Well, of course he did, because well, what happens? Oh, you come after the... Well, it's perfectly all right for our side to have insurrections. Uh, uh, How else are we supposed to express ourselves? We're oppressed. Really? You're oppressed. That's that's my springboard into what's the worst part of this, because I instantly had a whole new level. I... I'm embarrassed to say this, but now I know what it feels like just on a tiny bit to be like some of these snowflakes because I was triggered, ladies and gentlemen. I was triggered when I heard this ridiculous excuse for a state representative from the Knoxville region. Mm. You see, she was asked when her two compatriots were dismissed when Justin Jones representative from Nashville, when Justin Pearson, representative from Memphis, who actually had already been in trouble once at the state level because he refused to abide by the dress code. See, he wanted to dress in traditional African garb. Uh, There is a dress code in place at the state capitol. All these folks, all these folks, they get pulled to the side. They have what's called orientation. This happens before they officially take office. They're let, they're they're led to be understanding. See, I, I'm almost apoplectic, guys. I'm almost apoplectic. See, I'm so tongue-tied. 
they're explained that there will be a meeting in the first days of session where they will go over the rules for that session. Some things will change. Most of them will be the same as they were before so that they understand what to expect, what's going to be expected from them. The dress code is part of that. Dude had already been in trouble with the dress code. And then they literally, literally led a protest on the floor of the house. It was not their turn to be heard. They know what the rules are. They know exactly what was going on. They were ridiculously – if you want to be a street protester, then go do that. You should have not even had to be removed or expelled. You should have resigned. You should have said, well, guys, obviously we can't affect the kind of change we want to do here, so we're going to resign, and we're going to go out here, and we're going to lead this protest. That's what you should have done if that's what you wanted to do. You went it both ways, though. These democratic morons want to create a whole new level of ridiculousness, just tear it all down. Why should we have rules and civility? They only want civility when it comes to us pushing back against them. But they want to be able to burn down our houses, burn down our businesses, and burn down every institution that means anything. But… But when Representative Gloria Johnson, oh, the glorious Gloria Johnson, when she just barely managed to not also be expelled, one vote, one vote kept her from being expelled along with her two compatriots. She's asked point blank, why do you think that you weren't expelled while the other two were? Now, I will tell you exactly why it was, because she was not the most enthusiastic person there. She claims to have been so emotional because she was a former school teacher before being elected to this position, and she survived a school shooting while she was working. But she was standing there, and she chanted, but she didn't pound on the platform. She didn't shout through the bullhorn. So she was on the ballot for removal because she was there standing beside the two of these folks, but she was not as active and did not violate as many of the rules. So most of the people there probably thought, well, you know, subtle difference. Me, myself, I would have been way more proud if they went ahead and booted her out anyway. She's She chose to stand there. She chose to ignore her actual responsibilities, decided that sometimes you have to break some of the rules. Fine, but you know what happens when you break the rules? You live with the consequences. You know all all these people know what the consequences are. Oh, this is unprecedented, says Joe Biden. Unprecedented means it's never happened before. Someone needs to tell Joe Biden that. This is the third time since the Civil War that people have been expelled. Now, granted, the previous two were because the members of the House were under investigation, under indictment, under criminal stuff. Now, yeah, okay, that's true. But the House rules has always made it clear that if you have such a breach of protocol, you can be removed. Gloria Johnson, when asked, why do you think you still have a job as a lawmaker in the state of Tennessee while Justin Jones and Justin Pearson no longer do? Her response, you could have just seen it coming, couldn't you? Because again, like I said, two black dudes and a white chick walk into the – House. I'll answer your question. It has something to do with the color of our skin. 
really? This is your opportunity? Now they're getting so far removed from what actually happened, what actually needs to happen. Oh, the Republicans are racist, but they're a little less misogynistic. Now, they still are misogynistic because otherwise, otherwise, her being white wouldn't have made the difference. We, we don't want the black folks and we don't want the women here. We got to vote them out. This is the caricature they want you to believe. I promise you, ladies and gentlemen, if you have not set foot in the state of Tennessee in a decade, you might want to believe this hillbilly, southern backwoods nonsense. That is not how things are done down here. If it was, and, and I know this might be a bit, if you happen to be a leftist living somewhere else outside of the state, you might might want to take take a small small breather. Take a break, then take a deep breath and ponder this. Just just real quick. If that's really how we did things here, how would they have gotten elected in the first place? Da -da -da. Why were they even there? If we're really as racist down here, we're just a whole bunch of hillbilly hicks right here hanging out in the hills, sipping our moonshine and wondering where our next moon pie is coming from. I don't even know who voted for them folks. It must have been some carpetbagger come down here from North Dakota or something. Septon, I thought them North Dakotans knew better than that kind of thing. And the only reason I'm picking on North Dakota is I, I see very often I have almost no listenership there. So if any of y'all are talking to somebody from North Dakota, let them know I said it, but let them know I'm just kidding. Anyway, it's just... So absurd. How dare she inject racism into this debate when she knows she was wrong? She knows she was wrong, and she knows her two compatriots who were expelled from the House were wrong. It's not like this is a permanent thing either. They can run for their stupid office again, but again, they're going to be bound by the exact same rules if they were to be reelected. And I'm sure, as dumb as the people had to be that elected them in the first place are, they'll probably not even let anybody run again them. They'll probably just say, well, here you go, boys. You're right back in where you started from. Try not to mess it up this time. Except they want them to go mess it up. That's their mission. They honestly believe it is their role to tear down what currently exists so they can build back up something in its place. But the problem is they don't even know what it is they want to build. They just know they don't like what's there. There's a proverb, uh, an East Tennessee hillbilly proverb, if you will. You guys have probably heard some version of it. I know it's not exclusive. It has a lot to do with the wisdom of not acting before you understand something. So here we are, we're out, we're squirrel hunting, and we're in unfamiliar territory, and we're out here walking, and we come across this fence. It's not in very good shape anymore, obviously it's an old, it's not been well kept up. Hard to say that even out here where it's at that it even belongs to anybody anymore. All you know for sure is it's in your way, and you get to thinking why. Well, I don't think this fence ought to be here. I don't reckon there's even a reason for this fence to be here. I'm just going to tear it down. <laughs> Doug, just to verify, I went and took it to look at the live stats. Nobody is currently listening in North Dakota. 
<laughs> and I don't understand. North Dakota is one of the few states where I, I consistently, on a when I'm checking the numbers, I have almost no listeners. <laughs> I think it's because they have more important things to do than to worry about what some weirdo in East Tennessee has got to say about politics when they pretty much have things under control there themselves. So I don't blame them. But a listen every now and then would be nice, guys. Anyway, back to the back to the story that has a moral. I've decided I'm going to tear this fence down, right? So here I go. I'm tearing this fence down, having no idea who put it there or why it was there. Only to find out later that that fence was there keeping in something precious, a protected animal. Well, that animal got loose because the fence wasn't there anymore. And then it ended up dying. So I did something that ends up being a tragedy to the greater world because I decided to tear something down without even knowing why it had been built in the first place. That's what these people are doing. They're, they remind me of the Dark Knight when Heath Ledger playing the Joker says, I'm not a planner. I'm just a dog chasing cars. I wouldn't even know what to do if I caught one. Well, that's what these people – they if they ever win one of these victories, they don't understand what they've accomplished in the process. Let's tear down that statue over there. What have you done? You kept the next generation of people knowing the truth about how ridiculous a waste of skin Nathan Bedford Forrest was. You have a new generation of kids that are not going to be able to grow up and be exposed to Nathan Bedford Force so they can then be more easily manipulated into the ideologies that drove him to create the Ku Klux Klan in the first place because there's going to be no warning from society about it. Well, Tim, that's not true. The people that are that are tearing down those statues, oh, they'll be the same ones that teach us not to be like Nathan Bedford Force. That's why they don't want them exposed. Except that's not the truth, is it, guys? They whine about fascism, and then they go commit acts of it. They whine about insurrections, and then they go out and, by their own definition of the word, commit one. And by the actual definition that most of the English-speaking world uses, what happened in Nashville when they were having their shenanigans on the floor here, Jones, Pearson, and Johnson – was much closer to an insurrection than what happened in D.C. on January 6th. Much closer, because none of the police there were just letting these folks in. They weren't moving barricades and opening doors. They weren't giving guided tours. <laughs> oh, no. Someone might be listening in North Dakota on the last frequency. <laughs> Tell your friends. More of you need to listen if you happen to be there. I am so angry that instead of addressing the actual issue, rather than acknowledging that, yes, not only did we break the rules, that she did acknowledge. Gloria Johnson acknowledged that they broke the rules. Said so sometimes you got to break the rules in a good way. If you're talking about civil disobedience, 
First of all, you should expect to be kicked out of any elected office you're holding. You're not allowed to hold elected office when you're committing acts of civil disobedience, but you also should understand you're going to spend some time in jail. That's kind of the point of the civil disobedience, to force a light on the whole situation, including somebody literally having to make a case against you in court showing what you did. That's how you win over the general hearts and minds of the populace if your cause is justified. But at the end of the day, you know, Gloria, Justin, Justin, that your cause isn't justified, that your cause is just another effort to disarm the American public, that your cause is just another excuse using the blood of innocent children and innocent bystanders who were trying to do a job to help educate children, to use their blood to first hide the fact that it's somebody that you activated through your language, where you've been out talking about how, oh, well, you see, because Matt Walsh is out there talking about a genocide against trans people. There's a trans genocide going on. No, there's not. Matt Walsh, Michael Knowles, they're talking about the ideology that has led to the genocide, and that ideology is strictly Marxist. It's strictly divisionary. They want young people to feel confused, isolated, and othered. Honor <laughs> rolls. <laughs> I haven't given you the finger yet. <laughs> okay, obviously, passing down, we do need to take that mid-hour break. And you know what? I'm on a roll. I have a couple other stories, so I'm probably going to ease out of this when we come back, but I've got one or two more things to say. Let's take that mid-hour break. Guys, don't go anywhere. I will be right back. You're listening to Tap Into the Truth. My name is Joe Biden. My name is Joe Biden. (laughs) My name is Joe Biden. Ever since I was born, American women have either claimed they are victims in a patriarchal society or they are mighty women who can do anything a man can do, not realizing that just like black Americans, women have been hoodwinked into claiming victimhood much to their own peril. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards on today's page from the Edwards Notebook. A large number of both black Americans and women have loudly claimed varying degrees of victimhood or bounce to the other extreme, acting out masculine traits and boasting about how they can outperform any man, any place, any time. By doing so, I believe they set themselves up, playing right into the dirty hands of Democrats who, in my opinion, display great hostility and hatred toward those born as females. It's as if American women are now being forced to back up their many decades of selling societal wolf tickets as they howled at and even threatened docile American men. Now, with the support of leftist Democrats, some individuals who no longer want to be men in this anti-male society are encouraged to participate in women's sports and consistently beat females who, in many cases, were fooled into believing they were better than men at everything, including sports. Even Tulsi Gabbard recently stated that Democrats are trying to erase women as a category of people. I'm Ron Edwards. Join me live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern, to find out where. Go to theronedwards.com. 
Second's goal is a protective headgear company with a patented line of impact-reducing products. At Second Skull, we focus on head protection as our only priority so that we can be the absolute best at it. Second Skull has protection for every sport and for every athlete. These products are patented and proven. Second Skull is a protective headgear company. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. This is Tim Tapp, host of Tap Into The Truth. Don't take my, definitely, don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with us through that very brief break. A couple of housekeeping things to take care of before we get back to the discussion. Uh, number one, in the second hour, I'm scheduled to be joined by one Mr. Ron, Ron Crow, uh, Ken Crow, and uh, he'll be joining us. He was with us for just a little bit last week. He actually was supposed to be on for about 30 minutes, which is a short visit for Ken in the first place. But then he had some weather issues going on that kept him from being able to contact us right away, so we ended up with less than 15. Uh, given some of the things that's transpired since then and that we really haven't adequately had a chance to talk about the things he wanted to then, he'll be joining us for the entirety of the second hour. And uh, we'll be having a hard time fitting all that conversation in. Uh, of course, Doug will have to give him a call when time is right. We'll get him connected and all will be right with the world. In fact, I just had a bit of a conversation with Ken, extremely short, and he's like, okay, yeah, looking forward to it, yay. All right, the other housekeeping thing before we go any further is I have to remind you, because I care a lot about you and what's going to happen next, we see all the signs of civilization crumbling around us, and we know there is a fight coming that we're all going to have to get involved with, and hopefully we can still push back with ideas and arguments and legislation and stand strong and firm and use the rule of law for that fight. Hopefully it doesn't escalate to the point of anything more than that. 
But part of being prepared means that uh, you have to be aware of all the threats. Sure, we've got plenty of threats here internally, but we also have some external threats as well. One of the biggest external threats we have happens to be China. The Chinese Communist Party right now, they are hoarding massive amounts of food. In fact, according to all the estimates right now, very soon they're going to have over two-thirds of the world's corn reserves, over half of the rice, and over half of the world's wheat. So if you wonder what exactly does that mean, that means they can't afford to be wrong when it comes to feeding their people. You see, China is the canary in the coal mine when it comes to food shortages. They are already the world's number one food importer. They literally rely on the rest of the world to keep their people fed. Now, the CCP has a lot of power right now, a lot of control. They have the guns. But people become far less afraid of that level of power when they're starving, and even more so when their children are starving. So what does that mean to normal, everyday, average Americans like you and me? Well, again, back to two simple words, my friend, food shortages. If China's hoarding at all, there's not much left for the rest of us. So be a really good idea, just saying. Take this time while we can to stock up on the best-selling for Patriot Survival Food Kits. You can create your own stockpile. There's a reason why these four Patriot Survival Food Kits are best-selling. They're hand-packed here in the United States. The kits are compact. They're easily stackable. They have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners, not to mention a whole ton of five-star reviews. People just love the taste. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase of 4Patriot Survival Food by typing in code TAP, T-A-P-P, at checkout. Just go to 4Patriots.com, use the code TAP, and get 10% off your first purchase of 4Patriot Survival Food. That's the number 4Patriots.com. Use code TAP, T-A-P-P. All right, so believe it or not, there are other things going on, some follow-up to some other stories. But I was talking about, before I had to slide to the side and take the break, how Marxism depends on isolationism, the weaponization of alienation. Uh, not even all that dissimilar from conversation we had just a couple of weeks back with Stella. Stella Marvalo was on here with us. Her brand new book was Weaponization of Loneliness. It's the same concept. They're trying to take kids who are feeling like nobody understands them. And they're trying to manipulate them into thinking that, well, nobody's going to understand you. Okay, well, I'm not sure why you think that that's a positive message to share, but that's just that they know it's not. They know it's not a positive message. They don't want to send the positive message. 
They want the children to be isolated. They want the children to be indoctrinated, and they want them to be radicalized. They need foot soldiers because they know that they need violence from their side to make the revolution happen. And they know that if, as long as they're targeting children, those children aren't likely to get targeted back. They're going to be allowed to move around freely. They know that the general reaction, especially from the left, no matter what the threat or danger is from the child, if you react, if you take steps to defend yourself, you're going to get treated just like our men and women in uniforms were when they came back from Vietnam. Thankfully, the majority of the country now honors their service. But when they first came back, a huge chunk of this country, not just the beatniks, not just the lefties, a lot of folks called them baby killers. They disrespected them, and they had no idea what these men had to deal with and the choices that they had to make. Part of me says, thank God they don't know, because as weak-minded as these morons are, I don't think they could have survived it. When a force regardless of what motivates them, targets and tries to utilize children as their foot soldiers of choice, that needs to raise a red flag. You need to be questioning what it is exactly that they're up to. The ridiculousness of this administration and what they're doing trying to encourage the continued surgical mutilations and chemical castrations of these children, the actions they're trying to take to retaliate against the states where up to 11, with two more looking to join the fold very soon, of states that have made it illegal to perform these actions against children. And I will stand here and I will tell you that that is the right thing, and stuff like what happened in Nashville is going to be more frequent, not less, because they can feel the tide shifting. They're losing that particular fight. More adults are starting to realize that part of their job of being an adult is protecting the children. More adults are starting to understand. They're starting to see for themselves, even if you just watch I Am Jazz. Jazz Jennings is a perfect example of everything that I've been trying to express here. And again, I say this because I've spent a lot of time on this topic and I brought guests on to talk about it, but I'm far from the only one who's talked about it. I, I don't want to sound like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm the lone voice out here. But I have been passionate about this and I have talked about it a great deal. It is utterly ridiculous to put these children in a position – to where you're expecting them to be able to even understand what you're asking them at three and five and seven. Ah, you feel like a girl today? Well, yeah, kind of. Well, guess you're not a boy anymore. Let's go ahead and take you to the doctor right now. Have you guys been keeping up with the Jazz Jennings story at all? I'm pretty sure that it's getting more and more attention. But it's absolutely sad. It's tragic with where things are at now. And that abusive behavior, that Munchauser by proxy saying that Jazz's mother has been 
pushing down his throat his entire life is really starting to mess him up. The abusive behavior, the things that now have been caught on camera, the fact that Jazz, now that Jazz is old enough, <coughs> excuse me, is old enough to, to actually start feeling like the dude he was always meant to be, has started dating girls, has an attraction to girls. The horrific things that they've done to this boy's body in an effort to try and make him look and be somewhat functional as a female, it's abhorrent. They literally cut him open. He's got a constant open wound instead of female genitalia. Gets no pleasure from any of that. This was done so that he could be used by another dude. And the whole thing is on television. It's on display. You now hear him talk about the levels of mental anguish that he's going through and still has his mother saying, well, you know, you do this to yourself. You just get all up in your head. Desperate pleas for help. On national television, the absolute poster child for transitional regret. Well, we can't have that. We can't let anybody stop and think that. But it's there for everyone to see. And even folks on the left that's been for this transition to be a good thing have started seeing that it wasn't such a good – Jazz's doctor now has officially said this was a mistake. How do we not recognize that, that this is something you should not be forcing on children? And, you know, again, I've said it dozens, if not hundreds of times now. Once you turn 18, if you're still suffering from gender dysphoria and you decide this is the route you want to go, all right, you can do it. I still don't recommend it. I, I would – if you were listening to me in any fashion, I would recommend you try other things first. But at that point, you're an adult. You can make that choice. You do what you feel like you need to do. I have genuine compassion for people that are actually suffering from gender dysphoria. I honestly do. But it's such a rare thing that so few people actually suffer from it that the numbers we're having to deal with this situation proves that it's – that's not what's fueling this. This is about taking young, impressionable kids who are already confused about who they are and feeling like nobody understands who they are and trying to, to twist that dagger of confusion even further, trying to manipulate them into doing things that they wouldn't have done. And that's why they keep targeting them younger and younger because they know the same information that we do. The fact of the matter is – even the folks that are legitimately suffering from gender dysphoria normally outgrow it before the end of puberty. The folks that are still suffering from it after puberty still normally outgrow it before their 23rd birthday. It's just it's unfathomable. But this is the real reason that they're on about gun control in Nashville and the real reason they don't want you talking about the fact that this cold-blooded murderer is being dead-named and being misgendered. 
she was a cold-blooded murderer who thought she was playing Fortnite because she believed the leftist hype when they said that uh, freaking Michael Knowles was out here uh, trying to lead a trans genocide, which is not what the man was doing or saying. But of course, the left's never going to admit that, just like they're never going to admit that they were wrong about jazz. Just like they're never going to let Jazz Jennings come out and publicly say the things that he needs to say right now, both to his mother and to the world in general. And that is that he regrets it, that it was a mistake, that he should have spoke up louder, that somebody, when he was still a kid, should have stood up for him on his behalf, an actual, honest, goodness, real adult perhaps an actual parent who cared enough to do the right thing instead of just wanting to be on television, just wanting to be famous. Some of the things they make this kid do. And it's the same kind of thing that they make every kid that they put through this has to do permanently from then on. And they're using almost all the medications, in this case, off-label, now, we're not supposed to do that with things like ivermectin, and, and certainly can't do that with malaria medications that might help you to bolster your immune system to protect you from COVID-19. No, we're not supposed to use off-label medications in that fashion, but when it comes to chemically castrating the kids, well, sure, let's, let's just go right ahead. These people are evil. There's no other word for it. In fact, it almost feels like evil's not strong enough. Give you an example of the evil. Former North Virginia school superintendent, the guy that was charged criminally for covering up the rape by a gender-bending student. He showed up at court this past Thursday. Yep, it was one of his first earliest court dates. He showed up wearing earrings and painted nails. In December, Scott Ziegler was criminally indicted for three misdemeanors based on the work of the grand jury investigating how Ziegler lied about a rape by a skirt-wearing boy while the Loudoun County School Board was seeking to pass a transgender policy. The boy remained in Loudoun schools, went on to violently assault a second girl in a classroom. Zegler's spokesperson was also indicted on felony counts because he also was working to cover up this rape. This past Thursday... The formerly very businesslike, very astute, very professional, very take-me-seriously superintendent showed up for court sporting earrings and fingernails painted black. Oh, I'm so goth. I don't understand. What is the point here? Well, I'm not a superintendent anymore, so now I can be me. Are you now trying to convince us that that showing up like this is going to get you some kind of sympathy? That we're supposed to just buy and believe somehow that this is 
part of who you were and why you felt so passionate. And unfortunately, this one kid was going to mess it up for all the other completely, totally innocent transgender students. For nearly three years now, the parents of this school system have sought some type of justice. Thankfully, this becoming public did lead to a change all the way up to the governor's mansion of the state of Virginia. But it hasn't changed things in the school systems across the country. We're only a few weeks removed right now from a show where I literally went down three different examples of how they're using woke leftist Marxist mentality to destroy school children across the country. And this guy now is trying to play the same game, and I don't know if he thinks it's going to get him sympathy with the jury. I don't know if somehow he thinks it now will be him still fighting for the rights of those that are just, you know, uh, they're they're just so marginalized. Now, Thursday's hearing was set up to to help a judge adjudicate – Adjudicate. Adjudicate is the word and enunciation being important. Let me try that one more time. The hearing was supposed to help the judge adjudicate whether Loudoun County Public Schools can continue to conceal this documentation that shows how much they really did know and that, in fact, he did know well in advance of the school board meeting where they ended up arresting the father of the first girl that was assaulted because he got mad at them for lying to everyone else there. So they got documents that they're trying to keep covered up. They're trying to keep them concealed because it makes the whole school system look bad. There's, they, be, they go well beyond misdemeanor status. The level of criminality that took place there. There are board members and there are school administrators that should be in jail right now based on their efforts to conceal this crime. So naturally, several of the current school board members and several of the former school board members that served at the time that he was superintendent were also in court. Some of them were actually planning on testifying. In one of the court filings this week, the attorney general wrote that in opposing the Commonwealth's motion for a subpoena, that the uh, for, that they're looking for the reports on the Loudoun County's uh, public schools, and that the county school board, that by opposing that, they've chosen to side with the defendant Scott Ziegler over transparency and accountability. Isn't that what we constantly hear we're supposed to get? We need transparency. We need accountability, unless it's us you're trying to hold accountable. If it's Donald Trump, we can indict him over a non-indictment. Which you know, did you notice it's not actually an indictment? Because you see, the thing about an indictment is it serves a single purpose. Going to get the indictment, it serves a single purpose. Number one, the grand jury decides whether or not there's a reasonable enough case to take it to court. Now, that's not a particularly high bar. That's why the old joke slash adage is that you can get an indictment against a ham sandwich. It's not a high bar set there. 
But the actual purpose that is it fulfills is it gives the defendant his first real knowledge of what he's being charged with. They listed several supposed reasons to indict, but they never listed the most important thing. What was the supposed crime he was trying to conceal? And again, it's because he doesn't have the legal authority to pursue what he's claiming. He doesn't have the legal authority to pursue federal charges. And he can't prove that state charges happen. And I guarantee you if he could do either, they would have been listed. He would have been charged for them. Uh, there was no doubt, no question. This is, this is what they want to do. So it technically doesn't even meet the legal definition of an indictment. It just listed some things that they think – should be extra charges, but I don't know if you noticed this or not either, but uh, amongst all of them, there's essentially only the same crimes being, multi uh, being mentioned multiple times. Well, you did it when you did this. You did it when you did this. You did it when you did that. That was all part of the same thing. There was essentially three crimes listed. There should be three charges, and even then, they still didn't come out and say exactly what – the actual crime that he's trying to conceal was. But again, do as we say, not as we do. Hold the bad guys accountable. Trump's the orange man who's bad. We'll hold him accountable. We'll make him be transparent. But uh, uh, don't come sniffing around Joe Biden's house. Let's reset the hour, Doug. Aye, 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 aye. We'll be right back after this. This is Matt Fitzgibbons from PatriotMusic.com, and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth. This is Tim Tapp, and you're listening to K-Star and the Vera Network. This is Tim Tapp, host of Tap Into the Truth. All 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back diving headlong into hour number two, and I want to welcome each and every one of you who are listening live, whether that's from the K-Star Talk Radio Network or WCET-FM in Columbia, South Carolina, the Vera Network, or any other place that might be associated through those platforms. Thank you so much. And you know what? If you're listening after the fact to the podcast, thank you so much, too. I am now joined by the purveyor of conservative daily briefing. He is a man who has had his thumb in the pie of conservative politics for a long time, so he knows exactly how good it tastes when you win and how bitter the berries can be when you don't come out on top because you're always the good guy. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Ken Crow. Ken, thank you so much for joining us tonight. First and foremost, how are you today? I am doing fantastic, Tim. How are you? Oh, I am in a bit of a sniff. <laughs> I I cannot Uh-oh. express how angry I am at a certain state representative from Knoxville that decided to take a bad situation and make it even worse by insinuating that racism was at play uh, when she managed to keep her job and two of her little cohorts who decided to lead, uh, should I use the language of the left, Ken, uh, an insurrection against the Nashville capital. Uh, <laughs> just unbelievable. But, uh, you know, all that aside, uh, it is Good Friday, and I'm feeling okay other than having to use my time behind the microphone tonight to get a little cathartic release. Well, there you go. It's all it's all in how you handle the pressure, my friend, and you're handling it very well. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, thank that you. was quite a little. Uh, all right, little so you joined us last Friday. and last week. I'm sorry. Uh, you you had uh, joined us last week, and we were going to have a rel- relatively short amount of time to begin with, and then we had a shorter time than we had hoped for. So I wanted to have you back on so that we could get some extra time in. Uh, a few things have happened since then that I have a strong feeling you're going to want to talk about, but uh, we have a few <laughs> other things we didn't quite get to that we probably ought to still revisit just the same. So uh, first of all, uh, let's talk about this report that was released uh, about the withdrawal from Afghanistan, where they basically just reiterated the Biden excuse up front, that being, of course, that uh, Donald Trump had made these deals so our hands were tied, and, well, nobody else could have done any better anyway. Is this not the most ridiculous effort to – spin and lie and now repackage and hope that somebody will buy the lie now because nobody believed it then? Well, what you know, the, 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 the part that really gets to me is how stupid does this uh, Kirby guy think Americans are? Did, does he think that nobody watched the television? Because he said there was no chaos. There were tens of thousands of people on the tarmac trying to climb onto cargo planes on the outside of them, let alone inside. There were people throwing babies over fences. Bombs went off, killed a slew of Afghans and 13 of our soldiers. 
They were machine gun fire. There was, does this guy think we're really that stupid? And no, Trump did not cut a deal to leave 70 billion or 85 or 40 or whatever the magic number is worth the hardware in Afghanistan. I don't believe that for a minute. I don't think anybody else does either. So just how stupid do they think we are? Or is it, is it Tim? Is it what, uh, who was it? Joseph Goebbels, the famous <laughs> Nazi propaganda guy that said, repeat something enough and people will believe it. That, yeah. Is that, do they think that's what we're going to do? Believe it. If he keeps repeating it, I don't know. But that's it's ludicrous be... to think that, that it's Trump's fault that we yeah. acquiesced to Russia, acquiesced to China, acquiesced to everybody because we ran out of Afghanistan with our tail between our legs, which emboldened everybody else to do the dirty deeds they're doing today. Amazing. Yeah. Simply yeah. amazing. It really is. I mean, the bottom line is, yeah, Trump did negotiate with the Taliban. They criticized him for it at the time, but the Taliban had already broken the agreement. So Trump had already made it clear that there was no reason to continue to abide by it. So uh, everything had changed at that point. But even if that hadn't been the case, which it was, but even if it hadn't, from day one, the minute Joe Biden was sworn into office, he instantly started taking a chainsaw to everything Trump had done before. And he expects us to believe that this is the one thing that was set in stone that couldn't be undone, that he just absolutely had to abide by. The absurdity is beyond absurd. The level of gaslighting is dangerously explosive because the gas is not being burnt fast enough. And it is insane that they want to do this, but no more insane than being the leader of the Banana Republic now because I know you have a whole lot to say about this indictment that I say doesn't even meet the legal definition of an indictment because they never come out and actually say the crime he supposedly was trying to cover up during all these counts, and that's the so-called indictment of Trump. Uh, you've had a lot of things to say about this. I'm going to step back and let you start making some of your points, sir. <laughs> Okay. Uh, number one, it appears they they set this up to where, you know, I was under the opinion that this indictment would help Trump. Initially, I thought it would until Trump got to court. And then when this judge set a December, I think it was mid-December date for the next hearing, now, this is the hearing where he's likely to set a trial date. Keep that in mind. Hold that thought for a second. So we're waiting until December. The the Iowa State Fair is in August. All the candidates will be here for that. Likely Trump will be, too. So now everybody's going to be campaigning starting here real quickly, and they've already started it, in Iowa for the caucuses and in New Hampshire in South Carolina, because a week after the caucuses, which are held, I believe this year is going to be like February 2nd or February 4th, something like that. A week after is New Hampshire, then a week after that, maybe it's two weeks, but I think it's a week, is South Carolina. Now, if you do well in Iowa, there's a reason I'm going here. And, and as Ross Perot used to say, follow me for a minute, follow me. Um, <laughs> 
if you do well in Iowa, that sets you up for mass fundraising, okay? If you come in in the top three in Iowa, you, you've kicked off your big big league fundraising, as Trump would call it, big league. Uh, that's where your billionaires will start jumping in and putting piles of money into super PACs for you and everything else. Uh, but they want to know that you've got a chance and that you're on the radar. Come New Hampshire, that's when it really kicks off seriously because that's an actual primary. And so now we're, we're past the December date. The trial date's been set for what will probably be late spring, mid to late spring. Now we're into Super Tuesday. We're into the other states. And they are throwing this entire Republican primary into a tailspin. Trump is probably going to lose the trial. It's in Manhattan. It's in a very biased area. You know, they all hate, they're all liberals and they all hate him in Manhattan. There's no way he's going to get a fair trial in Manhattan. Even Dershowitz said out, you know, the famous professor, legal scholar Dershowitz said yesterday and the day before, He'll lose the trial in Manhattan, but he'll win on appeal. But here's the problem. He'll lose the trial in Manhattan. It'll be at least a year, more than likely a year, before he could ever get in front of a federal a federal court to win his appeal. That's going to take him out. Now he's a convicted felon, and now he can't run anymore. Or he he can run, I guess, but he can't be inaugurated. So that, I don't know what it's going to do. It's going to open the field up, for one thing. And uh, the governor of Virginia is talking about jumping into this now. And if he does, he's going to be a whale. He's going to be a whale along with DeSantis if he gets in. So... Those are going to be your two front runners if Trump is taken out. But that's what the Democrats are doing. And they're throwing up the thing in Georgia. They're throwing up uh, the thing at Mar-a-Lago with the documents. And they're throwing up the January 6th. And they're hoping one of these sticks. And it likely will be the the one in uh, Manhattan to actually take him out of the race. Because according to Dershowitz and several others I've seen interviewed that are all legal scholars and legal professors and so on and so forth, they're all saying the same thing. So I have to believe they know what they're talking about. Um, And that's kind of my thoughts on it. I think it's dirty pool. I think it's wrong. Uh, But they're doing whatever they have to do to stop Donald Trump. Now, as far as the Democrats go, I'm going to throw one other one in you. I don't think Biden's going to be the nominee. Oh, yeah. I think his health is so bad. No, I don't. Because Robert F. Kennedy joined the party. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. joined the party. He's more moderate. He's more of a traditional Democrat. He, he's even an anti-vaxxer. Um He's got the Kennedy name. He's articulate. He's uh, 118 years younger than Biden. (laughs) And I think he's going to pose a serious problem. I think, to be honest with you, I think it's the Democrat Party 
that actually went to him and said, hey, dude, you got to save us. Right. And yeah, and there's no doubt that Gavin Newsom's on. also planning on running. Uh, that's been made clear with his planned trip to Florida where he's actually uh, going in person now. So he has this strange obsession about wanting to be seen facing off against Ron DeSantis already. First the billboards, now this. There's no question Gavin's planning on running. And uh, with uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. showing his intention, uh, I, I think there's going to be too much of a – of a primary battle for uh, for Joe to be able to handle it, even if he was in good shape. Yeah, I agree with you. And a, and a tidbit for you, Kennedy's actually filed his paperwork. He's in. Yeah. He's announced yeah. and he's in. He just didn't do a big, big, splashy thing. Newsom, on the other hand, Kennedy will crucify Newsom for his record in California. He'll kill him. Uh, Gavin Newsom does not stand a chance, either in his primaries or the general election. Either one, he's going to be crushed because of the shape California is in. And the ludicrous, what's going to hurt him more than anything, believe it or not, is going to be his transsexual policies involving children in California because he made California a sanctuary state. For any minors that want to go out there and get get their treatments done and all that stuff, they can go, and California will take care of them. Yeah, not only Against that, but the they're parents. trying to pass laws out there in California right now that would protect their doctors from seeing patients via telehealth in other states and sending them these uh, abortion medications and these uh, puberty blockers through the mail. Uh, they want to try to protect their doctors in case they get caught doing that. I don't know how that doesn't end up in a constitutional crisis by the time that's all said and done, if they actually pass it and start doing it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it. Uh, I can – I am honestly, Tim, I got to tell you, I am sick. And, and I'll tell you who I'm angry with more than anything. I'm angry with the Republican Party, I'm angry with conservatives, and I'm angry with the Christians because we have all sat back and allowed this trans crap to get as far as it's gotten. It is absolute insanity. I mean, even Vanderbilt University was operating on 14- and 15-year-old girls, chopping their breasts off and everything else to turn them into little boys and parents didn't know about it. And I mean, and, and that they're not the only ones. There's others that have been doing the same thing. Other clinics or hospitals have been doing the same thing. It is absolute insanity uh, that this has gotten this far. And it's not until now when people have started speaking out, well, the cement's poured, the foundation's poured. You, you've got the government now. Even the Supreme Court the other, a couple of days ago came out and said, well, yeah, the, you know, trans boys turned into girls can, can compete in college or, you know, compete in athletics with women and against women. Everybody knows that is not right. The muscle mass is different. It's, it's, it's different. You can't, they're destroying women's sports, number one. They're they're destroying women, traditional women. 
Yeah. You know, and, and then you've got this idiot on TikTok making this video. How that how that got out, I'll never know. The I'm talking about the video where he's celebrating his first menstrual cycle, or she is, he is, it is. How how do you have a menstrual cycle without a uterus? Yeah, but Dylan, yeah, Dylan Mulvaney the is the worst kind of guy because he's he, he's out there play acting and he's a caricature. He's not even uh, acting like a real woman would act in these. Did you see the Bud Light ad, uh, Ken, uh, where he's oh talking about God. March Madness? Oh, my God. Yes, I saw it. <laughs> Did, did I you don't, see the article I wrote about it? I, I did Weiser, see it, which is I why I mentioned video, that. I, I wanted to a, give you the leeway to jump on in there. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I, I put a video in for anybody listening and like to go to conserv. I'm not plugging myself, but go to Conservative Daily Briefing. And there's an article. It may be the top article or the second article that I did. And I put a beautiful video in there that I pulled off of YouTube, and it's the uh, top 12 or 15 best Budweiser commercials ever made with the Clydesdales. I mean, some of them will bring tears to your eyes. They're just beautiful, and they were made for Christmas time and all that stuff. And uh, and then you have this thing that showed up, this, what's his name, Delvin McVaney or Dylan yeah. McVaney, something like that. D- Dylan uh, McVaney. <laughs> talking about his celebrating his first 365 days of womanhood. And he's so proud, or she's so proud, because they put his picture on the on the front of a Bud Light can. And I, I'm what, what has happened to Budweiser? I get that I understand the marketing aspect of what they're trying to do, I think, because they realize that Gen Xers, are not opposed to all this and that's where the next revenue stream is going to come from because the uh greatest generation and the uh baby boomers and all us you know we're starting to die off and they've got to replace their market share and i think that's what they're trying to do but boy they pulled a bad one this time because their revenue is down i read the other day that their sales of Budweiser are down eighty percent over this. Yeah, I don't know if that's well, true or I, not. I think but it, that's what the I read. trouble here really started when uh, when Anheuser Busch got bought out by the uh, Belgium company. When it stopped being an American company in the first place, they kind of lost track of what it's like to appeal to the American audience, which was their biggest. Uh, primary market share was here i mean bud wasn't that big uh, over in europe and when this european con- company took over they started to want to try to market it like it's a european beer and the sensibilities are different to begin with but yeah they probably are looking to try to be a little more trendy and have the kids talking about it and get them excited about drinking their swill because you know buds for a while has not been the best of beers that <laughs> and it's it's sad though it's really sad because we're seeing Nike fall into the same category. We're seeing a lot of these companies that have been 
juggernauts at one point, and they still seem to think that it's more important to virtue signal than to just follow the first primary rule of business, and that is know your target market and try not to uh, alienate half of it. it. It's amazing to me because the fact of the matter is that it's what around three percent, I believe, maybe a little less, of the American population is gay to begin with, and then you've got a, a much, much, much smaller segment than that that is uh, trans or whatever we're supposed to call them. Uh, I, I'm an old guy for all you audience members. I don't, I don't understand a lot of this pronoun stuff, but uh, at any rate. It, why would you take a company like Walmart and alienate your, like you said, half of your base? Why, why would you do that? Trying to appeal to less than 3% of the population. I don't understand. Well, I yeah, don't again, get it. it doesn't make financial sense to me. Right. And if they were just looking at that less than 3%, uh, then they would never do it. I mean, they certainly don't uh, market these items. When any of these international companies market someplace like China, for example, they play China's games. They don't play the American games. But they know here that there's at least half of the country that uh, magically pretends like they're good people because they virtue signal. So they're trying to appeal to the virtue signalers, uh, not to the actual virtue of taking up for those guys. And, and I have a very hard time believing there's anything authentic at all about Dylan Mulvaney. I think he's playing the TikTok video game. Uh, he's trying to make a, a living off of it, and he's doing pretty good at it right now. And I think he's a good example of the trending trans thing where it's not even even real for them. He's not suffering from gender dysphoria, the real disorder that uh, people should have compassion for. He's not part of that. He's doing something that is no better than turn-of-the-century blackface. It's just directed at women. I'm trying to figure out how he got a contract with Tampax. <laughs> uh, that's a good question. He did. I know, I know. I've seen the list of companies that he has sponsorships with. It is insane. (laughs) I mean, I'm living in in la-la land now because this is not not the country I grew up in anymore. This is gone. And, and, And then you've got Biden lying about the balloon. And if you'll remember, I think you and I had a talk about that here a while back when the big balloon came over, not to change the subject, but I will for a minute. And this thing does figure eights over our Maelstrom Air Force Base in Montana where we have ICBMs parked along with B-1 bombers and F-16s and everything else. And it's doing figure eights, and Biden doesn't shoot it down. And then it comes across Missouri, and if you'll recall, there's an Air Force base in Missouri. It's uh, white something. Anyway, it's where we've got all of our stealth bombers, our B-2 bombers. And it hangs out there for a while, 
then you'll remember it comes down to Tennessee and, and hangs out over Oak Ridge and Knoxville for a little bit. And then he goes down to North Carolina and South Carolina. And they're directing it the entire time. And it's sending back data. And Biden doesn't shoot it down until it's over. If you look at everything Biden's done, it's been to enable China to, to further infiltrate this country. We, we've allowed them to buy real estate near our military bases, farmland. What are they doing? Why are you buying farmland in North Dakota near Minot, which, by the way, is one of our big interceptor, Air Force interceptor bases? You're out buying farmland near Great Falls, Montana, near Maelstrom. You're buying farmland in Michigan by a uh, by some military bases and a big nuclear plant on the shore of Lake Michigan. Why? Why are we allowing them to do this? And then we're allowing them to walk across the Canadian border into the United States. What is yeah. it that China has on Joe Biden? Well, I'm just uh, a, a checkbook that doesn't seem to have a, a bottom. <laughs> I, that, what else does he have to have? These people are bought and paid for, Ken. I mean, it, it's astounding to think about the double standards of what's going on. We, we hear everybody on the left, and, and I said this back in the first hour, and I'm going to say it again it, it, for a very different context, but it's still the same thing. They demand transparency and accountability when it's a conservative that's done or been accused of having done something. You don't even have to do it. We demand transparency. We need accountability. But these are jokes to these people. It's a punchline to a joke because as soon as somebody on their side of the aisle has done something, they come up with every excuse in the world not to be transparent, not to be held accountable. The report about the withdrawal from Afghanistan, I started there because that's a good example. It's all Trump's fault, and nobody could have done better anyway. And uh, then we see everything from the Hunter Biden laptop to the James Biden business practices, running around the world, being a bag man for stuff that Joe has set up back when he was a senator, back when he was vice president. And you know it's still going on now. There's no accountability. There's no level of transparency other than when they tell on themselves. And regardless of all that, I'm going to need you to hold that thought, Ken, because it's time for us to take our mid-hour break. Uh, stay where you're at, you ladies bet. and gentlemen. I and Ken will be right back after this with Doug in tow. America, this is Ken Crow with Conservative Daily Briefing, and you are listening to Tim Tap Tap into the Truth. Since its inception, the Democrat Party has been an organization hell-bent on wreaking havoc against our liberties, economy, and, more recently, in direct opposition to our national security. 
L-O-I, Ron Edwards, on today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. While I am speaking truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth concerning the Democrat Party, it is obviously nothing more than a subsidiary of the Chinese Communist Party. I believe there are no longer any well-meaning liberals in the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party is today a cataclysmic cauldron of wicked far-left lunatics seeking to literally kill liberty, destroy the economy, and assist China in its effort to dominate what remains of our beleaguered republic. The Democrat Party agenda is now 100% based upon the evil doctrine of Karl Marx with increasingly heavy-handed tactics that Chairman Mao would be proud of to see here in the United States. Democratic legislators and Joe Biden do not serve on behalf of the best interest of we the people. If it's good for America, Democrats oppose it. What's bad for America, the Democrats support it. The wide open borders and illegal border crossing invasion is self-evident of that fact. I say we stop the demented Democrats before they kill our republic. I'm Ron Edwards. See you on the next page from the Edwards Notebook. These stocks designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. In other words, put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstalk does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly to your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key, the idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bimonthly. But the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside for your own retirement. Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. Hello, my name is Tyler Boone, singer-songwriter and founder of the award-winning Homegrown Boone's Bourbon label out of Charleston, South Carolina. In just four years, Boone's Bourbon has been awarded some incredible awards, such as the Platinum Los Angeles, Double Gold New York, Gold Las Vegas, Silver Denver, and also named Top Six in the World in Forbes. We're also being featured in Rolling Stone magazine, Billboard magazine, American Songwriter, and we're also now available in 24 states all across the country. So Boone's Bourbon is a high-proof, cash-strength bourbon at 117 proof. We are 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley, and at our price point, we're beating the competition at $40 in the retail stores. Boone's Bourbon is a family-owned business out of Charleston, South Carolina with my father, Mick Boone. Cheers, and we hope to see you soon. 
You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. This is Matt Fitzgibbons. This is Amy Hallam. This is AZ. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are indeed sharing Friday night together. We're diving headlong into the home stretch as we are coming to the bottom half of our number two of the live broadcast. And it's not just any Friday, ladies and gentlemen. It is Good Friday. And that means that Resurrection Sunday is upcoming. And before we go back into anything else, Ken and I were just talking about questioning why we seem to have an issue with the Biden family in China. And I got to remind you guys that we've got another issue with China. Right now, China is hoarding food at a ridiculously massive rate. They're the number one food importer out there. They rely on the rest of the world to feed their people. And if they are hoarding food at the level they're doing, that means they know something that we don't. They have nearly two-thirds of the world's corn supply. They have nearly half of the wheat supply, nearly half of the rice supply. What does that mean for average, everyday Americans like you and me? Well, two words, my friend, food shortages. And that's why it's a smart idea right now to go stock up on kits from the best-selling Four Patriot Survival Food. That's right. Create your own stockpile of the best-selling Four Patriot Survival Food kits that are hand-packed in the United States of America. These kits are compact. They stack easily, which means you can store them almost anywhere. They have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners, and a ton of five-star reviews People just rave about the flavor. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase of 4Patriot Survival Food by typing the code TAP, that's T-A-P-P, at checkout. Just go to 4Patriots.com, use code TAP to get 10% off your first purchase of 4Patriot Survival Food. That's the number 4Patriots.com. Use checkout code TAP, T-A-P-P. And uh, Doug is showing me in the camera his bug lights that he got from Four Patriots. And uh, he's a very enthusiastic Four Patriots fan, evidently. Uh, not quite so... Uh, not quite so enthusiastic about all the ads now showing up in all of the different feeds and emails, though. But, you know, it, it doesn't matter what we're looking at. That happens regardless. All right, let's get back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I am honored and blessed to have Ken Crow joining us today. Uh, Ken, before we go back to things, I do want to thank you uh, again for joining us, and uh, especially on this Good Friday. And I want to wish you a very blessed Resurrection Sunday upcoming. I, I know it's a holiday that has a lot of meaning for you as well. And uh, after all this, in case we get a little tight at the end, I want you to take an opportunity to let everybody know where they can find your work. Well, sure. ConservativeDailyBriefing.com. And I'm on Twitter at KWR Crow. Kilo Whiskey Romeo, C-R-O-W, lowercase, and uh, come say hello. You know, I just heard your ad. That was a great segue, by the way, into the food thing from China. That was really good. You're, you're, 
you're getting the hang of this, my brother. Uh, well, <laughs> it's only taken 11 years. I, I probably should be getting a little better at it by now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing great. Uh, I just pulled their website up. Man, this looks... Uh, yeah, they got all kinds of stuff here. They've also got little generators and uh, solar things and all kinds of stuff. This is a cool website. I'm going to go shopping here on this thing Well, don't shortly. forget to use yeah. promo code TAP at checkout. <laughs> uh, I will. I will get my 10% off or whatever it is, and I'll say thank you. And, uh, yeah, great website. And I'll tell you, you know, back to Afghanistan for a minute, it eluded me for a long time why why would Biden do this? I mean, why why would he just walk away and leave all this? And then I remembered something President Trump said in several of his speeches recently that we had built, and I knew we had, this massive Air Force base in, in uh, Afghanistan. And uh, to land C-5s in these type aircraft, You've literally got to have 36 inches of rebar reinforced concrete. And these runways to land those kind of aircraft are exorbitantly expensive to build. And this Air Force base is within an hour flight time of China. He walked away because China is now in control of that Air Force base. He walked away to give that Air Force base to China. That's why he did that. I'm gonna. I would bet money if we were a fly on the Oval Office wall when he's discussing this with somebody. I'm gonna bet you that's what they did because it's the only thing that makes sense, Tim. It's the only thing that makes sense. And a lot of times, you know, we on the right like to be conspiracy theorists and think about you know things that, but. The answer is usually in the simplest explanation. Yeah. Yes, it's sir. Arkham's Razor. And the truth is found. Arkham's Razor uh, is exactly apropos. Uh, the simplest explanations are most often the correct ones. And it's very simple. Now, uh, never know exactly why Biden decided that he loved dollars more than he loved his country. But I know most people aren't quite old enough to remember Joe Biden as a young senator, but that guy was a jerk. You know, every time I start to feel a little bad for him for the elder abuse that he's being put through right now to be this front man uh, for all this agenda that's being pushed by the folks that created Barack Obama as a politician uh, and then continues to push this leftist agenda to destroy the country, uh, I've – I almost start to feel sorry for him every now and then, and then I turn around and I remember what kind of a guy he was when he did have his faculties, and, and he was never a nice guy, ever. But he has clearly sold out the interests of the American people and sold out the country, and I don't doubt for a second that you're probably spot on that the fact that he walked away from Agram Air Force Base so China could have it, and they certainly do have it now. Yeah, and and uh, and then the the part that's really concerning to me is China signing these fourteen 
agreements to become allies with Russia yeah. against America. Do the American people understand the gravity of this? I mean, this is truly, truly frightening. What's what, what's going on now? I mean, he he's got the the two. Well, certainly the largest military in the world, and then arguably number two or three in Russia, uh, saddled up and and working cohesively now to take down America. And with what's happening, what recently happened within the last week to 10 days, with China cutting agreements with Saudi Arabia, Brazil, and Russia, and other countries, there's more countries now that have jumped into the deal. They're dumping the U.S. dollar as a as the primary trade mechanism for buying oil and stuff globally, and they've gone to the Chinese currency, and we're being replaced, and we are in trouble, and we have an idiot at the helm, or worse than that, maybe a treasonous idiot at the helm. And we're not, you know, we're, we're, we're being crucified economically right now on a global scale. And this guy's doing nothing. Incidentally, certainly seems to to be complicit. I mean, there's at least complicity there. There's no other question there. Uh, It, he has managed to do something that I didn't think would ever happen. He managed to get Saudi Arabia to play nice with Iran. And that's all part of this new deal with China. Yeah. Uh, India, who was our major counterbalance for some semblance of democracy and freedom in that part of the world, now is leaning in with China and with Russia for their fuel. And it has. It's created not only a new axis of evil, but one that's so powerful that we're not going to have any allies that can stand up. And it's going to be too late given the current administration, before they acknowledge the real threat to the country, for us to do very much about it. These are very dark days. And uh, again, with this being uh, a good Friday, I I can't help but mention the fact that it feels almost a little prophetic that it might be looking at the type of situation that brings on Armageddon. And and I don't like talking that way, Ken. You know, I don't normally. I'm usually very positive. I try to stay positive. I believe in liberty. I believe in the principles that this nation was built on. But unfortunately, as a Christian, I also know that dark days are coming. And at some point, I was just hoping I wouldn't and that my children wouldn't be around to see those particular days. But And again, I know folks have been predicting end of days for a long time, but this very much has that feel. Well, let me let me lay something on you. I don't know if you've thought about this or not. Uh, You remember Ahmadinejad, the former president of Iran? Yeah, he's the guy that stood on the what 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 was his first name? Mahat Mohammed? I don't know. Ahmadinejad's his name. Um, he stood on the floor of the United Nations not once, but I've seen two, maybe three different videos of this. It's on YouTube if anybody wants to look it up. He stood on the floor of the United Nations and gave a speech where he pledged that the minute 
Iran was able to obtain its first nuclear weapon, it would be tested on Tel Aviv. Now, they are, as of last week, they were 84% complete on their uranium enrichment to be able to build nukes, and they have to get to 90. So they were six points away from being ready to start building their first nukes. When they get them, they're going to declare war on Israel. And that has been the the primary focus of Iran now for decades. And when that happens, Russia will intervene and assist them, Syria and Russia, because Russia and Syria are very close allies. Syria will jump in with Iran. Russia will get involved. And now you have your Armageddon. Yeah. Now, whether or not the United States gets involved, I don't know. But what's going to start it is Israel is going to be forced here very shortly. You're going to see this happen. And I'm thinking it'll be probably in the next two, three, four weeks, probably. They're going to attack those enrichment facilities in Iran. They're going to send in F-16s and they're going to bomb them. And when that happens, all hell's going to break loose. But they don't have any choice because if the United States isn't helping them right now. The United States isn't stopping Iran right now. And Israel's left on their own, and they're going to be forced to do this. They, they yeah. don't have any choice. It's either that or allow Iran to get the nuke, which wipes out the whole country. And they're not going to do and, that. They're not going to stand back and allow Iran to finish this. Yeah, and it's not just Israel uh, in harm's way there. Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, he he made these statements clear, but he was still just speaking by proxy for the Ayatollahs. I, I try to make this point every time the topic comes up, but the particular sect that is running, the particular sect of Islam that is running Iran, yeah, they're all Twelvers. They believe in the Twelfth Imam, and they believe they have mm -hmm. a duty to remove the uh, little Satan and the big Satan. That's what they refer to us as, uh, so that the Twelfth Imam can step forward and assume his role and, again, turn the entire world into the caliphate that was promised. That means that they are talking about the little Satan and the big Satan. They're talking about Israel, and they're also talking about the United States. After Israel has been targeted, the United States is next on their list. So it's it's a question of these people. They are not just extremists. They are committed to the idea. They have no fear whatsoever. They believe it's their duty. They have a religious belief and a fervor that they must commit these acts. Israel will be forced to act alone, and it would be in the United States' interest to help prevent this. But instead, the current administration very much wants Iran to be stronger, and they very much want a continued conflict with Russia. And we found this out with this leaked document. Uh, I'm 
presuming you probably have seen this as well. Supposedly the Pentagon is investigating, but there's an alleged secret U.S. and NATO uh, plan for trying to get Ukraine's military built up so they can make this major offensive push against Russia. And the one thing that I found interesting, Ken, is that in the process of talking about this, they haven't denied that these – Plans are real. They've simply said, well, we're looking into how they got leaked. What the hell are these people doing? They're getting us into World War III. It's that simple. The, the, uh, two, two things are going on here, and, and they're, uh, it, it's pretty – if you go look at Joe Biden's staff and all of his advisors – that are in the are in the West Wing. If you go look at his staff and all of his advisors, it's like two thirds of them work for Barack Obama. All right, now let's go conspiratorial for a minute. We're all pretty certain, most most of us on the right are, that Barack Obama was a Muslim. He was a closeted Muslim because of his actions in the Middle East, the fact that he bowed to the king of Saudi Arabia, which is their version of the Pope, and kissed his ring and everything. He literally did that. Um, So let's go with the thought for a minute that Barack Obama hired mostly Muslims. We know that his senior advisor, I've forgotten her name, who was the lady that was basically told him when he could go to the bathroom and everything. What was her name? She was Muslim. Yeah. Um, Susan Rice is Muslim. Oh. And that's, that's Biden's senior person. She's the one. She tells him, it's time to eat, Mr. President. It's time to go to the bathroom, Mr. President. Susan Rice runs that Oval Office. She runs everything in there. And his staff is largely from Barack Obama's staff, which would be Muslim. That is the only explanation for assisting Iran in obtaining the nukes. That's the only explanation. Biden is, is surrounding himself with Muslim sympathizers, which are all anti-Israel, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I, Does that make sense? Well, yeah. I mean, when Val- Valerie Jarrett was uh, running uh, the show That's for it, Valerie Jarrett, thank you. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. It's some of these people, Brennan, the former CIA chief, he converted to Islam during the Obama administration, uh, and I've seen video footage that has been scourged from the internet. I'm still trying to find somebody to find a backup copy somewhere. Uh, the Wayback Machine, you can't even find it now. But there was an interview where Barack Obama was talking to a very small group of Muslim constituents in Chicago when he was uh, first running for state Senate before he made the move to the U.S. Senate. And he made the admission then that his conversion to Christianity wasn't real. It was a matter of political expediency so that he could uh, practice Takiyah. So, yes, he absolutely was a practicing Muslim, and he pretended to become Christian because it would allow him to more easily manipulate voters here in the United States. So it's, it's clear cut. 
And I don't even have to put on my uh, tinfoil hat for that. I, I wish I could find that clip again because it's it's a genuine clip, but they have scrubbed it from the Internet. I have never seen something scrubbed so very well. Uh, and I've asked people multiple times to, to help me out in trying to find it, and I've been looking for it for a long time because I know it still has to be somewhere out there because once it's on the Internet, it's never gone completely. But they've done a really good job of suppressing this one. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we, we did see it. We saw the Muslim brother take over of Egypt good. And then when uh, the Egyptians decided they didn't want the, the Muslim Brotherhood running things, all of a sudden it was bad. The Arab Spring was awesome, except we don't want the uh, overthrow of the mullahs in Iran. And we saw it time and time again it wasn't about just Muslim takeover, but also a certain type of Muslim, the one I'm sure he feels he has the strongest connection to. <coughs> Well, I remember, you know, Glenn Beck got tossed off of uh, Fox for going down this road. Uh, uh, you know, when he was explaining, and you're absolutely correct about the 12th Imam, what they're supposed to do, if my memory serves me correctly, there's the world has to be on fire. And it, it, there's got to be multiple wars going on and what have you in the name of Allah and for Allah. Then that's supposed to entice the 12th Imam to come back. I believe it is. I believe that's the way it goes. But, uh, yeah, that, so they're going to start the wars. And Israel, again, is left no choice. It's either sit back and wait to be nuked or go in and do something about it and they're fixing to do it. They they don't have any choice because Iran's too close to being there. They're too close to finishing. And so we're going to see something happen shortly over there and then I don't know what the U.S. is going to do. I don't know what Biden's going to do at that point. Well, I think whatever but, it is, it will definitely be the wrong thing because we can't say we weren't warned, Ken. Even even some of Obama's staff, they, they told us never underestimate Joe Biden's ability to F things up. And man, oh, man. <laughs> that, was, has, that was Barack himself that said that. He was caught on a hot mic saying that. Yeah. yeah. He was right. <laughs> You're not going to hear me say that too much about things Barack Obama said, but he was right about that. Uh, unfortunately, Ken, we are quickly running out of time. So one more time, I want to thank you so much for being here. We got about oh, two minutes honor. if you want to take them. Any final thoughts you'd like to share before we say our final goodbyes? Uh, yes. Say your prayers. Uh Say your prayers for the victims in Nashville. Say your prayers for all the other victims of all this insanity that's going on. Pray for our nation. It's Easter weekend. You're even going to find my fat tail in the pew on Sunday morning. Uh, <laughs> we, we've got to pray for this country. And we, we've got to pray that some sanity is reestablished someplace sometime soon before we lose it all. Um, I want to call out the clergy, stand up and start defending and preaching the Bible and not your version of the Bible. Preach the Bible. And um, 
I'll just say thank you, Jesus, for doing what you did for us close to 2,000 years ago. That's about all I got to say. Stop by and visit the Twitter website sometime. And, Tim, I'm going to say this. You guys keep listening to Tim. He's a very, very wise man. He knows what he's talking about. He does his background. He does his research. He doesn't just come out of left field 99% of the time. Occasionally, he'll throw a curveball at you. But most of the time, he's, he's spot on. And you're a well, good patriot, Tim. And I thank you for everything you do, my friend. Well, thank you. I I, uh, I don't take that kind of praise uh, with a grain of salt, and I especially don't, given your patriotism, the level of uh, things you've done to serve the country in a multitude of ways. So thank you, sir. Uh, you're, it's high praise coming from you. It really is. It means a lot, so thank you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that well, is Mr. Humble. Ken Crow. Uh, I, I can't help but reiterate everything that he said. Uh, we do have an issue where we barely avoided a second mass shooting attempt by a transgendered individual fueled by the left's rhetoric about the so-called transgenocide that conservatives are trying to lead. It was stopped. It was in Colorado. And thank goodness, we just found out about it now, but they stopped them. Uh, I think it was the 31st, according to what I was looking at earlier. We could have had a secondary transmission. We are so divided right now. Let's take advantage of this Easter weekend. Ken is right about that, too. We need to be praying for our country. We need to be praying for those that are in positions of authority to have the type of discernment that's necessary and to start serving us, the American people, again, and certainly to serve the greater good, not the less version of it but the actual greater good. And meanwhile, that's going to have to be it for now. I do hope you all have a very blessed Resurrection Sunday. And remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Great weekend, everybody. Thank you again, Doug. Thank you, Ken. Good night, everybody. in both
was using both hands. Well, I prefer the Frito wing to the tiny two to three. Gives me more than a thousand dollars to protect my family. Using both hands. <laughs> <laughs> 